So the other thing I should probably report is that Terry Joyce, who is an American YouTuber, ex-presenter with Revolution Radio, where she got fired, or I think she got fired, Truth Cat Radio, where she got fired, um, American Freedom Radio, I think, I don't know if she left or what happened there, but she was um, the last one standing, some reality TV show with comedians, and she made it to the final ten. It was big, it was like um, American Idol or something. So she calls herself a celebrity, and she's been on the front of People magazine and stuff, and she's done the club circuit, including Portland, Oregon, and some dodgy clubs that, that featured in the Pizzagate thing. But anyway, I met her through the Basis group on Facebook, and then we collaborated on some dodgy websites that had backdoors to probable pornography and possible child snuff. So we did some really good work together, but she's turned on me and believes I'm Hoaxed Research Queen Bee. <clears throat> and she's reported me to the FBI, which is fine. I welcome it. I will put this on YouTube. I will put this on my blog. I will give the FBI my address and I will request the address of Terry Joyce um, for, you know, I'm not big into legal proceedings, but, you know, if Terry wants to take it to the wall, she is slandering and defaming and ranting and raving and um, damaging my good name, you know, and abusing a victim. I don't like to call myself a victim, but I am physically and I don't know if you'd call it, let's just call it physically disabled for now, but severely disabled. Uh, and, um, you know, she's just, she's, I've tried to reach out, I've tried to be, the same as Sharon Gale, the same as Sharon Gale, she's abusive, I've tried to be compassionate. Welcome to Not My Rabbit Hole, the podcast. I'm Terry Joyce, your host. And the voice that you are hearing belongs to a woman whose name is Angela Power Disney. And she has a YouTube channel and a blog site that I believe goes, it's, I think it's Angela Cash's uh dot com i'm I'm not real specific about her actual uh blog site number <laughs> address well I'm actually uh drinking a little bit of rum as I say this show uh I've been under a lot of stress uh because well frankly i've i've somehow I have um, made fun of, uh, I guess, like she's disabled or there's some sort of physical ailment that she has that, well, like she can't even tell what it is in the video, what it is, let alone what I know what it is. Like I'm being accused of uh, making fun of her 
ailment or a physical disability that I don't even know she even had. Uh, you know, first of all, <laughs> let me explain. Like, I know you might be going like, what, what are you talking about, Terry? Like, like, what is this? Well, um, this episode is titled, uh, here's what a QAnon conspiracy theorist sounds like. Uh, now I, I know this woman. All right. I know this woman fairly well, although we do not live in the same country as each other. Uh, I think she's UK born, but at the time that, uh, I had her on my show, uh, she was, uh, I believe living in Ireland at the time. All right. So I suggest you guys, you know, if you want to, and you're listening to this, um, you know, that maybe you, maybe you pour yourself a drink because, <laughs> I think you're going to need one to actually uh, comprehend uh, what I'm saying. And and sometimes I feel that even when I'm telling people the story, that I see their eyes glaze over and they're kind of checking out because it's, it's just so incredibly outlandish in, in many respects. All right. I, sometimes I've, I've thought about what's happening to me right now. And I'm thinking, wow, this would make a fantastic screenplay. You know, like one of those kind of movies where like based on a true story uh, kind of thing. And I, it, it feels like a Coen brother film. And, I, and, and I'm not talking about, uh, you know, Bart Simpson. I'm talking more like there are more darker uh, types of uh, comedies uh, that came out. So <laughs> it just, it could be that kind of story style of of script you're like oh terry but please tell us what it is talk about it please we must know what you're pontificating about like what is okay first of all uh you got to understand what QAnon is and uh a lot of people when i discovered QAnon, or i heard about QAnon, or i saw a QAnon uh conspiracy type host or actually media media host hybriding themselves to QAnon, like see i've worked in the what you call the truth community like I, the truther i'm a truther on on uh i've been a truther on alternative uh, radio type networks, okay, before I started this podcast. And as you can see, um, Angela Power Disney is telling people, I believe that she's been on Last One Standing in the 80s or something. It was a big deal. It was like American Idol kind of thing. And Okay, so let me explain what that was. First of all, it was in the 80s. I was actually still in high school in the early 80s. So, and I really didn't start doing stand-up comedy until like about 1986 uh, because I took a comedy class with a uh, comedian named Stanley Myron Hanselman who had done a few Ed Sullivan shows and he was known and a very, very funny comedian. And he would have, he would have teachers, you know, he'd teach a class and then, um, I don't know, 13 weeks in, we would have a performance uh, at the early part, the early show for the improv on Melrose. Uh, and uh, and then we sometimes went as the Flying Handlemans. And so I started performing with the Flying Handlemans. And about six months into flying, the, you know, performing with the Flying Handlemans, I became a regular at the Laugh Factory in, uh, in Hollywood. Uh, it was at the time the Laugh Factory... At, this time in 1986, the Laugh Factory was just like a little hole in the wall. And uh, there was a Chinese restaurant, I think called Wong's. There's Greenblatt's. Uh, there's, um, okay, so there's a Laugh Factory, Greenblatt's, and this Chinese restaurant. Oh, no, it was the La 
Laugh Factory uh, Wongs and Greenblatt's, but then uh, the Laugh Factory bought out Wongs and ex it expanded, and so now it's just right next to Greenblatt's. Okay, so I knew it. I, I was hanging out there back, way, way back in with Jerry Bednob and Larry Omaha. Jerry Bednob is known to be the Indian guy on the 40-year-old virgin that swears. Well, I, I, I started out like I was beginning uh, in, you know, working or knowing Jerry Bednob. So I've been around a long history of uh, the... Uh, I've been around uh, a long history uh, with the with the comedy world. Uh, when I was doing open mic nights uh, at, at out on the at the comedy store, trying to get up stay on stage, like I was just starting in the eighties as a comedian. I wasn't on any TV show yet, and it took me. Well, okay, let me go back to the time I was at the uh, the, the comedy store doing this. Uh, Louis Anderson was coming in. Uh, you know, Sam Kennison uh, was alive and performing on the main stage. And it was right, I was right, I was there right before Andrew Dice Clay launched. Like, within months, he was a big star at uh, also at the comedy store. So that's the era that I was, when I was starting out, and I was becoming a comedian and I was going on stage and barely learning, like taking my baby steps, really, um, was during that time. And that's where I started. And and those were the comics that I was uh, I was blessed to see and be around. OK, so um, now fast forward to 2003, really. And I've told this lady who's talking about me, I've told her I've, met, I've left messages, you know, on her defaming videos of me exactly what show I was on and also like what year I was on. Like she, first she tried to say, first she tried to tell me like, Oh, Terry, get over it. Like what? You were like a TV, you were on television, like in the nineties or something, you know? Well, it wasn't okay. First of all, it was 2003. So we're looking like 17 years ago. I was on the very first season of last comic standing. I was a top 10 finalist and one of three women that were on the show. And on the show, it wasn't really like a, just an American Idol show. The first season of Last Comic Standing, um, the host was Jay Moore. And um, he was one of the executive producers. And the whole premise of the show was like it was about us living together in a house and also competing against each other. So it was a, it was a hybrid uh, between Big Brother and American Idol. And it, it had never been done before. And the veil of comedians and what their personalities were like, you know, like, because people, I think up to then, a lot of times people were curious about what a comedian was like. Like, oh, my God, are they the life of the party? Or were they, are you, were, the, were, you were you the jokester in, in high school or whatever? And, you know, comics have varying degrees of personality. Uh, some of them were and have been, and some of them haven't, and some of them are right, very introverted, and some of them aren't even really, really good or adept socially. They're funny on stage, but as a human being, you know, they, they communicate strange. And so, uh, but I love comedians and I've been around comedians all my life and I, I have, um, I like the quirky even and the people that don't communicate well. Okay. Because, you know, it, it's, it's our world in a sense. And, you know, a lot of times, like I feel a, a certain affinity to other comedians, especially those who've been on the road or whatever, because it's a certain type of life lifestyle and experience that a lot of people, most people don't get to live. Most people don't say, well, what do you 
you do for a living? And you go, oh, I'm a stand-up comedian. Like that's, I mean, now there's more people that did it. But when I started out, see, there was a wave of comedy. There was the comedy comics that were on the road in the 80s. And those guys got launched on shows like Rodney Rodney Dangerfield's, um, you know, Young Comedians right? And they would get Showtime specials, or there was even at the Improv, or there was, you know, um, you know, Laugh Factory Live, and all these different cable shows that, you know, featured a comedian in front of a brick wall. And uh, so that, you had that era, and then there was like, you know, it, in at one time, the way that a comedian was to, usually became a star, was that they got on uh, the the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and then if Johnny Carson gave you the OK sign or the thumbs up or whatever, um, then that was good. But then if he asked for you to come down and sit next to him and you got to do panel with him, then that generally meant you know that was a big deal and it meant that you probably were going to be a star at that point. Well, at some point, the last big star to come out that did that was maybe Roseanne or Drew Carey. And then after that, it just, you know, especially when it changed over to Jay, it didn't have the same kind of launching for a a comedian's career. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I knew one comedian, uh, Bobby Kelton, you know, who at the time was doing, uh, I was doing a show with Rhonda Shear, an all-woman's comedy show, my first one at D.B. Levy's in in, uh, Westwood, okay? And so, I mean, he, and he was known for being, uh, have done like 41 uh, Tonight Shows and still wasn't a star yet. And he even kind of like joked about it, all right? So the next big thing, that made stars out of comedians was Last Comic Standing. And it still is uh, the only show to date that has launched comedians, like, to stardom. Like, where you, when you walk down the street, like, people recognized you. And I had that. I had that kind of thing going on for... I, I had 15 minutes of fame. All right. Uh, and I know I know what it's like. And again, I you know, they're they're really inco- to to the regular population in the world. There there are less people that are famous for some reason. Right. I mean, some people are famous because, you know, they committed one of like Charles Manson is, is famous. You know, uh, Kato Kalin became famous, but then became a celebrity because of the OJ trial. You know, um, Kato Kalin did comedy because of an because of the OJ trial. And by the way, Kato Kalin is a fan of mine, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> you know, that's how bizarre my life is, right? In in that in that sense, all right. So when you know, like Angel Paradisney sits there and she goes, "Well, you know, she thinks she's a celebrity." Blah 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 blah. Well, in a sense, you know, no, I'm not like. Like maybe you maybe you found this podcast because you know me on Facebook and I have a, a social media following or you know I worked with you in a comedy club 10 years ago or you know you 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 follow my show or you 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 listen you're a subscriber to my YouTube channel or you you heard of me on American Freedom Radio or you heard me on an interview somewhere else or you were googling my name or you did duck duck go Terry Joyce and you found this particular podcast about, like, this is what a QAnon conspiracy theorist sounds like. All right? <laughs> like, I've gone from, like, being a comedian and being on television to, like, you know, saying this is, this is, this is how... I, 
I have that. Well, I guess that's what fame is, is that you have in some sense, like you, you have to have some sort of notoriety for somebody to actually do a video and actually say that you were working comedy clubs that are that are associated with pizza gain. All right. If I was nobody, I mean, I'm saying not nobody, but if I, because everybody's somebody, but if I was just like, you know, nobody knew who I was. You know, why would she feel threatened about anything I said or reported on her, you know, or did in a public forum that she had to, like, actually fabricate, you know, or make something sound like that? Like, I mean, come on. It's definitely, it's it's a hit piece in the sense that she's taking an opportunity, even though she doesn't really say it, her tone of voice, and she says it, and she's worked some really seedy clubs that are, that are, you know, that have been known to be involved with Pizzagate. Okay, what she's talking about there. <laughs> and, and again, I don't know how familiar you are with Pizzagate. Most people have, you know, seen a, a raving, screaming man uh, on uh, being interviewed by, um, oh, what's her, Megan Kelly, uh, uh, Megan Kelly, right? And, uh, you know, having to apologize for saying that the, uh, the um, shooting in Sandy Hook, that there wasn't crisis actors. Or he's had to apologize publicly on NBC or all these different shows. Alex Jones from Infowars has had to apologize for uh, for Pizzagate, for James Alephantis and the crazy man shooting that uh, you know people got fascinated by because they were rumors that uh, the deep state and Hillary Clinton were child trafficking children through it. Now that isn't necessarily. The real official narrative of what was being said about what was going on at that pizza parlor. And uh, again, you're getting into WikiLeaks and John Podesta and all that kind of stuff. But all of this has become like a Pizzagate conspiracy theory. So, you know, when anybody's saying, oh, there were some really, you know, seedy th things going on in that club that's like Pizzagate oriented. Well, let's flash to also something else that came out uh, up considering some clubs up in uh, Portland, Oregon, um, there were rumors of uh, Voodoo Donuts having some involvement with um, some sort of satanic ritual kind of stuff going on at parties and possibly uh, abuse of children that were related to it. And um, Voodoo Donuts is, uh, you know, a donut shop that makes Voodoo Donuts, basically. And they're known, they're really known, and they've been featured on TV uh, by Anthony Bourdain, who had his show that came through Portland, and he's covering that, and they got some big exposure through that way. And if you've ever gone to Portland, uh, Voodoo Donuts is an, Voodoo Donuts is um, is a big deal, and uh, especially if you are a tourist uh, going into Portland, one of the the you know touristy things to do is make sure that you go to Voodoo Donuts, and so. There's also like there's also tunnels that are associated with Portland that have been known historically where they would get their get residents or people coming in and partying and drunk and then the floor would drop out and then they called they would be shanghaied and take out as you know on boats all right and this was you know this went on this is part of you know the actual history of Portland but uh but then it got into where a guy named Vegan Mikey came out 
and uh, and said he went to these parties and he was witnessing these things. And it got hooked up with a guy named Isaac Cappy, who got hooked up with QAnon that came out on the QAnon type of uh, boards that are on 8chan and 4chan. So um, I got to take a break now. All right. But we'll be right back uh, with more Not My Rabbit Hole. And we'll talk more about QAnon and profile exactly what QAnon is. All right. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to Not My Rabbit Hole, the podcast. I'm Terry Joyce, your host, and thanks for sticking with me through the break. All right, I listened to the last part of... uh, my po- the uh, last part of what I just said. And I, I, I could see maybe where your eyes might have glazed over a little bit because you're like, whoa, hey, you're talking about this in Portland and this and that. Well, the reason why I bring it up is because, you know, Angela is saying, and she worked these CD clubs in Portland that had Pizzagate type activity going on. And yeah, it, it did get whatever was said that was going on in these clubs in Portland was created by people that are associated to QAnon. And if you don't know, uh, and by the way, the clubs that she's talking about, I did perform at some clubs that may have had some sort of association to this, if it's in fact true, because all the clubs kind of link up together with the underground trafficking that took place historically there where they shanghaied people. So, and also, uh, one of the clubs I worked at was Dante's. I'm by no means, am I saying Dante's involved with this? I'm by no means, am I saying that any of this is even true, but this is what this woman was referring to and trying to make it sound like I was part of it. Like her intonation is, and they were, you know, she's worked, yeah, she's a comedian, but she's, you know, and the only places I've worked at are some CD nightclubs, you know, and I know it's not the only place I've worked at, but you know, she make that she makes it sound that way. Like she minimizes, um, what I've done in the body of work to being part of Pizzagate and QAnon. This woman, actually, Angela Power Disney, uh, she, she's gone on a lot of channels that are Q, with QAnon hosts. And one of the reasons why I blocked her on uh, Facebook, my most recent, recent time I blocked her, is that she kept insisting that there were all these arrests taking place in Hollywood. And I said, you know what? I know this isn't happening. I know this is a conspiracy theory. And I, you know, you're, why are you wasting my time bringing up this kind of untruth? Because in my mind, I'm still participating. I thought I was participating with people that think that they're in the truth media, that they like, like the reason why I started doing online media was because I started doing cannabis themed shows on stage comedy and I crossed over to doing my own show called Hollywood Hemptress Hour on the new on New Dissident uh, Network. You know, it, it was an online radio, and we went on to iTunes and this and that. And it was Johnny Dam's station, and a lot of comedians were on it. Kelly Carlin's um, 
who is George Carlin's daughter, had um, Waking Up from the American Dream was on there. And uh, Laura Sam- uh, Samora, who just recently passed away, had a show called Between the Sheets that was launched there uh, that you had. Um, just different people, all right? And uh, then I branched out into a, a few different na- networks, one being Time for Hemp Network, and I did uh, a lot of shows with Normal Show Live. I did seven years of giving the uh, Southern California Report uh, for cannabis legalization because I, I was an ad- advocate. I mean, I've been an activi- activist in Los Angeles and it focused in the Hollywood area. So, um, you know, I've got a lot more background than, you know, she gives me, like this woman gives me credit for. Uh, but, uh, so that's what she's talking about. And, and, but the, re- the, the thing that we need to really focus on is the, the, the pizza gate term and the pizza gate aspect of it. So let's, let me really take a little bit more time and explain to you, uh, what pizza gate was, uh, pizza gate was, came out online, uh, about a restaurant, uh, that is, um, uh, what was the name of it? Best pizzas, I think, or something like that, or uh, well, I don't know. I, I I can't remember the exact name of it, but the pizza parlor, but maybe Best Pizzas might have been right down the street. But James, a man named James Elephantus, uh, ran it, and his boyfriend was, or one of his ex boyfriends was David Brock, which is part of Hillary's Super Pack, and so they had functions there, and they found uh, some of the artwork to have um, that to to be symbols that are on the FBI code list for pedophilia. And uh, the John Podesta emails that came out through WikiLeaks uh, was a, a lot of people, it was said that the some of the emails contained words like pizza, which is an FBI code word for pedophilia. Now, if you look up at, if you look at it now, uh, because of QAnon, it's now QAnon is a conspiracy theory and the code word is, is pizza, like as if QAnon made it up, but that's not the case. It, it is actually really an FBI code word, code word. And, um, it, it became a pop, I'd say popular, popular on the internet enough to where it went viral enough that I think some people felt that this actually affected the uh, 2016 election with Hillary Clinton. The WikiLeaks, the um, Anthony Weiner laptop uh, stuff, the extra investigations, the extra checking into the emails, like this didn't do uh, Hillary any favors in terms of the election. And, uh, and so that when when we first got our first censorship on Facebook and fake news came about, it was about Pizzagate. It was Pizzagate related, and that campaign was actually spearheaded by by David Brock. And you can go and look at these facts. Well, there's certain characters that came out during Pizzagate that got real popular. A guy named David Seaman. All of a sudden, he disappeared on YouTube. But the thing that you need to pay attention to, and that I want you guys to focus, and really, I'm giving you the cliff notes, or I'm giving you I'm giving you like because I'm not I don't want to make this this episode too long for you to under you know for you to understand it all because uh I'm probably going to be like doing several shows uh, about this topic but QAnon 
uh, came out on 4chan and 8chan, and Q, it's apparently Q, there's someone named Q that has Q clearance that is dropping inside information about the the deep state, and the theory is is they're working with Donald Trump to drain the swamp, and then underneath this information are these pedophilia cases that involve satanic ritual abuse and cannibalism and the sacrificing and eating of children. And I know like right now, if you were drinking your beer, you probably had to spit it out right now because, you know, it, it, like it, it sounds so freakish and so outlandish, but then you have to realize that there are some actual real cases, um, high profile uh, cases like the McMartin preschool uh, case, like for example, uh, the Presidio daycare uh, scandal or the Franklin cover-up. Any of these types of things, you will find uh, behind it some occult, some politicians. And really, now that we have the Jeffrey Epstein aspect coming to the forefront and him being arrested and, and Ghislaine Maxwell being arrested, then, then some people saying, well, you know, some of the QAnon conspiracy theories are true because, you know, uh, Jeffrey Epstein was one of those things to come down the cures cure the QAnon conspiracy forecast and QAnon uh, focuses, especially when it comes to pedophilia on Hollywood, with people outing the fact that, first of all, Isaac Cappy went on the scene and also went on Alex Jones. Remember, I mentioned to you Alex Jones. Well, when Alex Isaac Cappy was Alex Jones' last guest, and Alex Jones went on a show and said that Steven Spielberg was a pedophile and Tom Hanks was a pedophile, but he, they, he gave no examples or any reasons why he would have know that kind of information and even be able to make such a statement. Therefore, Alex Jones got in trouble. MSNBC wrote a big article about it. They called out QAnon then. Um, Bill Maher was making QAnon jokes going, these people think that Steven Spielberg, ha, 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 and Tom Hanks are pedophiles. Now, at this point, I had already, I already knew a lot of people in the UFO community that I was on their networks, and I, and I was actually at that time, I, I, I'm going to be really honest with you, I was even an admin in a Facebook group because the man that I was dating had started a QAnon group. And I told them then, I said, you know what? I really don't believe that QAnon's real. And he goes, it doesn't matter. We're creating the narrative. So let me tell you guys, I have a whole story to tell you about my realization of what the inner workings of QAnon really is. And the, uh, the, um, the people that are the media hosts that I've met and worked with, those that have, have perpetuated the myth of QAnon, who have taken their channels that weren't originally about QAnon, but that made them QAnon. For example, Carrie Cassidy is a well-known, uh, I guess, secret space program UFO woman who has a channel and has, has even crossed over to mainstream media who um, has huge forums that makes a lot of money, travels all over the world making money with super soldier summits and UFO summits with really some bogus people that some of them have actually done time in prison for or are still in prison right now, but, they, but, but you know, they're in prison because they were in the secret space program and they're punishing them. 
Okay, I mean, it gets really bizarre, folks. All right, these people have associated themselves with QAnon. You can look at, you know, you can go to Carrie Cassidy's blog right now and see that she has a whole article how had she how she had a dream that John F. Kennedy Jr. is still alive. All right. Oh, but we have to believe her because she's a psychic intuitive. That does that has that knows the inside side scoop of UFOs. Well, her other comrade, Mr. David Wilcock, who also you know channels he he is Edgar Casey reincarnated and channels raw and has has written a book called the Book of the Law of One or the Book of One or whatever that you know that everybody is supposed to like you know think is actually really real. Uh, you know, he has a QAnon downloadable free ebook and was really well known for him, a big QAnon guy, Jordan Sather, whose channel actually went down. All right. So the lady that you heard who's like spouting about me working in clubs that are like, you know, Pizzagate orientated, which is like none of this has really been proven. Like, yeah, we saw a guy come out on another show called Lift the Veil with Nathan Stoltman, where Isaac Cappy was launched, practically. All right. And and l- let me remind you that all of these people that come out on the scene that talk about, uh, you know, pedophiles and this and that and Hollywood and this and that going on. Some of the cases are real, guys. All right. Corey Feldman outed somebody like like there is pedophilia happening in Hollywood. All right. That is not that is not, you know, made up. I, I do think that there satanic ritual abuse of children actually really does exist. I think that it, it does exist. All right. But what a great way to discredit any type of realness about what's going on in terms of the abuse of children or any type of child trafficking what a way to divert people by creating phony stories with people who are celebrities like Isaac Cappy was an actor, an insider outside, you know, an insider outing other Hollywood celebrities in a, in a slanderous, sloppy manner, saying these stories. Like he said that he was friends, and I believe he was, with Seth Green. And then he found out that Seth Green and his wife were also part of this, you know, underground elitist, you know, pedophile ring in Hollywood. And, you know, we're supposed to believe that 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 because he said it, it's true. And that's the problem that we have, you know, in this particular media. Just because you said it, then somebody out there makes it true. And because in some ways, if even like talking or speaking is considered spellcasting in the first place, you've actually made something true. Well, now... QAnon has grown to the forefront of the political stratosphere, where now QAnon conspiracy theorists, now we have Alec Baldwin out there telling people, you know, you QAnon people, you fact, you QAnon people, you, you, you think Trump is this and blah, 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 blah. And there's a, there's a, a, a campaign for us to be divided with one another and go, you know what, Trump, liars, QAnon people, haters, Christians, people who think that Pizzagate is real, people who think that 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 you know that they're satanic people drinking blood, and therefore they need to be put in a uh, it, it's 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 on a it's on a it's blowing up in America, and QAnon is has been on the domestic terrorist watch list with the FBI for a really long time 
for like two years before we've gotten even to this point. You know, Mother Jones has done articles on QAnon and how there is a petition that was a petition being circulated around connected to QAnon about 100,000 child sex slaves underneath the Getty Museum in, in Los Angeles. Did you know all this was going on? Did you really know like what the what like what where QAnon and the Genesis really happened? Well, if you're curious about that, I am your girl, I am your woman to tell you that story because I've seen it from the inside out. And the reason why I'm brought this clip is cuz this is what's going on with me by these people. And look, there's more to the story that I've even gotten into. Wait till you find out what Hoaxted's all about. And we'll get to those things here on Not My Rabbit Hole. One of the things that I noticed about QAnon and one of the reasons why I even created this station or this podcast was because it's not my rabbit hole. Because the lingo that QAnon uses with people that follow it is following down the rabbit hole. And following down the rabbit hole means that you're you know, awake. And they do things like being red-pilled. Like red pill nation. You've been red-pilled. Look, duck, duck, go and find out and see how many shows that have called themselves breaking the matrix. So the very mind control aspect of the terminology of films that show sci-fi and a a certain level of, of, of spirituality regurgitated to them is part of the lingo and 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 the grouping of QAnon. And let's not mention that, you know, they believe or some of them believe that JFK Jr. is actually alive and he's actually Q. And so it brings forth the beginning of the word conspiracy theory anyways, which was created over the JFK assassination. Boom boom. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Not My Rabbit Hole, the podcast. And we'll be, uh, we'll be back with more information on the QAnon phenomenon. Stay tuned. <laughs>